It's the show you've been waiting to come back. The Wild Edible World Podcast. Welcome back, pals. Welcome back. I'm your pig nut, pal. But this episode, you can just call me one of the hosts, Michael. And you know me, I'll carry a can too. Uh, this episode is hickory. Yes, sir. Hickory in most of its forms. Yeah, yeah. We're going to kind of generalize a little bit. I think um, I've spent a lot, of, most of my time with shagbark hickory, so that's what I'm going to talk mostly about. Um, but there are several different keystone species that we can hit on at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, sure. But there are, you know, a bunch of different species. I think everybody's probably come across one, whether they know it or not, mm-hmm. if you've gone on a walk. And it is probably one of the most important and underutilized potential food crops in North America. And it has a variety of uses, Steve. Yeah, and and another side note, it's just like one of the few things you can find right now if you're out in the woods. Facts. We are late November. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this is like a year-round treat. Yeah, it is. Um, there's a variety of things you can do with it uh, throughout the entire year, all of them being different and yielding different complexities of flavors. But right now, in the midst of the season that we're in, you are potentially going to be able to find nuts still hanging on the tree. Um, but before we get to that, let's start off with the most recognizable feature, which I think would be the namesake of what I worked with. Yeah. Shaggy Bark. Yeah, I think that's the first hickory tree people are going to see off in the distance. There's a couple different trees with shaggy bark, but shag bark hickories are like... The shaggiest of the barks. Yes, the kings of shaggy. Yes. It wasn't me. And uh, <laughs> so it's uh, really shaggy looking bark. Um, the leaves, however, during the spring um, are pinnate. So I think, I mean, mm. how, how much more can we talk about the bark than it's shaggy, it's peeling off away from the tree. Yeah, the, so the, it's like... The, the tree like sheds it's defying it gravity. Yeah, it doesn't quite drop. Until, Backwards until, banana peel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Upside down banana peels. Um, um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, the leaves are pretty, pretty oaky. There's what five, group of five. So they're pinnate or leaflets. Hickory e. Yeah, hickory e. Yeah. So they're <laughs> so they have branches and then they have leaflets. So what it yeah. looks like is that there's a bunch of leaves growing off of a green stem. But what that really is, is all one big leaf. Mm-hmm. And those uh, quote unquote leaves are actually leaflets. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about hickory leaves and what I think makes this tree particularly pretty is that the leaves actually get bigger towards the end of the leaflet. So they start off small and as they go out away from the tree, um, they're opposite, and then there's one on the end. So typically you'll have a leaflet of about five, five. or seven. I think it's kind of rare, but I, I'm, I'm willing to give it that that estimate. We'll give it that wiggle room. Yeah, the wiggle room. <laughs> We're um, watching you, Hickory. I, I think pretty average is going to be five, and the fifth one is going to be on its own, on the end, but mm-hmm. it's going to be big and fat and oval. I think they have points. Let me yeah. look up a picture. They're pointy, right? They have I think a slight serration, too. Oh, they have, like, just a slight serration, Mm -hmm. or very minute serration. So, uh, yeah, okay, so I'm looking at a couple pictures of some of these branches, and, yeah, it's definitely, I see one with seven, and then another one with two, four, six, eight, nine. So they can be pretty long leaflets. I uh, definitely underestimated. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Never underestimate. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's got lobes. Of um, 
I'm sorry, loads of nuts too. So it has mast years like other uh, nut producing trees. So some years it produces a lot. Some years it'll produce like maybe a couple and be like really mm-hmm. stingy. But um, the nuts are, I think, I think the next thing we should move on to. They are not so unique. They are unique. Uh, so they're a member of the walnut family. Yeah. So. They kind of look like walnuts. They give like walnut vibes. Yeah. But so then they have their own flair. Okay. So whenever they're growing on the tree, mm-hmm. they look kind of like walnuts because they're nestled on the branch. They're mm-hmm. not hanging down. Um, they don't have like a cap or anything like acorns. They are just like directly attached to the branch. And they have um, typically four seams. So they almost open up like a. A uh, go, uh, gorgon, demogorgon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Demi- like a demogorgon that. from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, when they fall, this or as they if they dry on the branch, I guess. Yeah. Um, so if the, you're f- the seams split, mm-hmm. and then yeah, it, it like what do you call that? What would you call that? Demogorgon's outlet. Yeah, it that. opens up, and there inside is the hold nut. So it, like walnuts, if you're familiar with walnuts at all, they have an outer green shell. And then you break that down, and then there's the walnut shell, mm-hmm. and, or the husk. Wait, okay, so, shit, sorry. The outer, I think, the outer green parts are called the husk. And then the walnut shell protects the nut meat. So there's, three, there's two layers of defense that these nuts have, both on walnuts and hickories, being of the same family. Hickory nuts are way better, in my opinion, um, they're milder, and compared to our last episode, acorns, they don't require nearly as much work. Yeah. If you can get them out of that shell, they're, they're good. Yep. They're yeah. delicious on their own. You can make a delicious nut milk with them um, without any leaching, none of that. They're, they don't have any tannic properties, so they're quite edible raw. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Let's, any more identification factors? I, I've never really seen it in flower. I can't talk too much about how it looks when it's flowering. I think I it has the, the, catkins or yeah, something? Yeah, catkins. For sure. Yeah, okay. Uh, the, the male, it's... it's so, uh, tree, tree has both male and female flowers. Okay. And the... Monoecious. The, yeah, monoecious. The um, catkins are the male branches, and then the female have... Uh, like leaflets on the end, like like almost like little buds okay. uh, on the end of the branches. Awesome. So. Yeah, and if anybody's not familiar with cat, what catkins are, they're basically just like long cylindrical formations of clusters of flowers. Yeah, they're like tree dreads. Tree dreads, <laughs> yes. Tree f- flower tree dreads. I love that. Man, those are way cuter now. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, okay, with the nut meat, uh, let's talk about a variety of things you can do. Uh, all the ways humans have utilized this tree throughout um, human history because it's, uh, it's an it's a incredibly important North American tree. But um, I'll have to check my sources, but I do believe it does grow. It, there are species in Europe as well. Um, there's pecan trees, of course. Everybody knows sure. pecans. If you love pecans, that's actually a hickory nut. Yeah, with with Thanksgiving, which just passed. Uh, Absolutely, for us. Uh, huge pecan pie. Yep, uh, fan. My family, not me so much, but yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan. I I, I don't like pecan <laughs> pie. I love pecans. Yeah, me too. I, I love but pecan the nuts pie is just too yeah. much. Um, yeah, you could. I mean, uh, Native Americans 
several several groups use them for nut milks, and, and we talked about how that's like you know something that's pretty popular now, like in, like a nut milk or an oat milk or something like that. But it's it's been going on for a while. I mean, it's new yeah, trickers, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, we didn't we're dairy, reinventing the wheel yeah, again da- and again. Dairy cows weren't weren't always available, so you know. So yeah, no shit. Got to do something. Got, what else are you gonna put your cornflakes on? You know. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> My indigenous uh, cornflakes. Yes. <laughs> so um, whenever you, I, I, I mean, I just like Googled it, mm-hmm. hickory trees, and apparently it's really well known for stock car racing. Um, That's so cool. Which is uh, funny. Uh, I did stock car racing way back in the day. Um, through Boy Scouts. It's surprising because it's, well, I guess that kind of makes sense depending on, it's a heavy wood. It's dense. It's, dense. it's consistent. Yeah. yeah, so that does make sense. And it's, um, I think there's probably a lot of parallels to do with why it's popular with a lot of the other uses, such as um, handle woods for mm-hmm. tools like hammers and even longbows, um, mm-hmm. hunting tools and shit like that. They, uh, yeah, it makes perfect sense because they're resilient, they're heavy, they're uh, strong, yeah, really they, long grain formations. Yeah, it cuts back on the reverb, but which is great for bows and for, ha- and for uh, handles. Yeah. Um, what else? We got the uh, syrup. So the bark itself, so the entire tree is the really tasty. Yeah, so um, you can get a lot of different flavors from different parts of it. So you can extract the sap. It actually has a really strong content of sugar. So during the springtime, when people are doing mapling, um, you can also tap hickory trees. I believe the season is a little deferred. It's not at the exact same time because different trees um, come out of winter Mm-hmm. Uh, at different times, yeah. So it's like I'm pretty sure birch bark, or birch sap. You're supposed to harvest like that's one of the last things you harvest. Mm-hmm. Maple, you start pretty early. Um, but beyond that, you can make a delicious sap from the, from the or a delicious syrup from the sap. But if you wanted to make a simple syrup during the winter or uh, through the fall and the winter, the bark is really u- uh, usable. And yeah, the bark's so. I mean, we, we're discussing it we've always discussed it a little bit beforehand yeah and i think we we covered these a little bit but um you can make a you can smoke things using the using the uh bark which i mean i guess the important note there is while you're foraging the responsible foraging tip is don't peel anything away from the actual tree if it's hanging there i break it off at the tip or or if it comes off willingly or freely then sure but uh don't don't like you know rob the tree of shit it's got going on with you know yeah because while it is does look like it's peeling away from it that you might think that it's not using it the parts that are touching the tree are still um really important Mm -hmm. so yeah it is important to practice ethical foraging um it is pretty easy to find shed bark around the tree um and a lot of that um, a lot of those flavors are related to heat so they can have sat there for a while and they'll be fine as long as you clean them you like rinse them off give them a good like you know, scrub, not necessarily with soap, but uh, scrub off some of the debris and then toast it like you would normally. Um, that is part of one of the more important processes whenever you're going to use the bark, especially for use, making it into a simple syrup or if you're using it um, for the purposes of brewing beer. It's a really interesting um, brewing ingredient mm-hmm. because whenever you toast it, there are these hyper volatile flavonoid compounds that uh, taste like marshmallow. They have like these really, really sweet, sweet flavors, and then um, just a touch of smokiness yeah, as just well. Subtle smoke. For but sure. the marshmallow is what I think most people try to capture, and you have to be super quick about it because, like, it's almost like pawpaws, where a lot of the flavor 
is actually in the scent compounds. And those are just like lifting off as it's continually oxygenating. So you need to be quick with it and toast it and then immediately use it. You can't like pre-toast it at all. It has to be immediately used mm -hmm. um, for the best effect. But um, that'll be a really delicious uh, brew. I am collecting some for a couple of breweries. I can't wait to have uh, a couple other places where I can taste that other than scratch brewing because yeah, that sure. is just such a trip. Um, so, yeah, and I guess we also mentioned the smoking meat process. That's mm -hmm. uh, really, I think a lot of people, um, it's a really most people's, uh, I think, association will be with smoking meat, hickory pellets, hickory, and shit yeah. like that. So, okay, I think I think we're good for our I first half. It. Yeah, yeah, we should um, close this out, and then we'll be right back for our second half, where we'll talk about some more stuff. Who cares? Um, if you guys have any ideas, or if you want to advertise your own personal business on our show, we are looking for ad sponsors, so we can send anybody some analytics. Hit us up. And um, get your business on our show. If it's about nature, we'd love to talk about it. Absolutely. excited for this second half it's gonna be good we're just sitting here enjoying some apple cider vinegar michael's homemade apple cider vinegar from the bushel that he bought that we talked about during our yeah. apple episode and you should see this color it, it almost looks like it's the color of grapefruit juice oh yeah it's just like you know the the uh polyphenols from the apple peels and and apple scraps and it's just like it's just beautiful and it's delicious i would drink this on the rocks or uh, you know, maybe maybe in a little bit of like a paloma, maybe like a like oh yeah, a, like a nice oh like a mezcal with ah uh, oh, stop it right killing now. me right. <laughs> it's ten yeah, you have to go to work after this. <laughs> no I'm, right now I'm enjoying it with uh, just a spoon of honey and a bunch of seltzer water yeah. so it was just like a couple I think maybe two ounces cider vinegar a spoonful of honey and then I poured a whole can twelve ounces so and then we also have some hickory nut oil. Yeah. Where'd you get this stuff, bud? So this is from another, uh, you know, once again, I, I plug this guy a lot, but he is one of the most influential people in the foraging community, Sam Thayer's Samuel. store. So that is called the Forager's Harvest. You're going to find that at foragersharvest.com. Um, the branding on the oil is, what does it say? Wildwood Orchard. Wildwood Wildwood's Orchard. I think that's like where, where they do their processing, or maybe that's the name of it, the orchard that he uses, because that he, that he owns, because they do also sell a ton of organic apples, apple juice, apple cider, um, but they also do one of the oldest um, ancient oil extraction practices. Yeah, expeller-pressed, uh, unrefined, all-natural, cold-pressed cold from hand- Harvested wild nuts. Yep. It's the real deal. 
Um, and this is, um, you know, if it, Sam is quite the evangelical about uh, this uh, product, the hickory nut oil specifically, because of how much potential it has as a replacement oil for something everybody uses that doesn't grow here. Yeah, I, I think it's I olive think it's oil. Fantastic. Yeah, this is a perfect native replacement for olive oil. It's a similar color. It's of uh, almost exact same application. I think it tastes way better. It's cooler. I would love to see like the actual like like micronutrient breakdown of this side by side with olive oil because it's just like looking at it right now. It's just it's gorgeous. It's uh, it's like a dandelion yellow, um, and it's just mm. it's beautiful. And you're right. It's it's something that is underutilized that that could be very easily done here. So I mean, assuming that man, it's it's just beautiful. I can't wait to try some. Yeah. In fact. <laughs> yeah. In fact, let's just have a finger or two. Eef. Sounds like scotch. Yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Oh, my gosh, dude. That is tasty. I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah. Holy heck. So, if you've never had a hickory nut before, it is like... Hallelujah. I don't even know. How, do you, how would you describe it? It kind of has, has walnut notes to it. It kind of sure. has kind of has pecan notes to it, mm-hmm. but it's like way more flavorful. Um, the, the I'm talking about the actual nut itself. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, but the oil, the it's just I mean it's just smooth and it has that walnutty walnutty aftertaste. Uh, but no bitterness yeah, to it zero whatsoever. Zero bitterness. It's that's delicious. Yeah, it's one of my favorite oh. things to use um, as a topping. For yeah. like steamed vegetables, mm. um, especially steamed wild vegetables. So my favorite sure. thing to put this on is steamed milkweed buds with just a touch of salt and a drizzle of hickory nut oil. Mm-hmm. Send me, t- put me, put me in the coffin. I'm telling you, <laughs> um, it's it's really special stuff. So you can typically find this, like I said, at his store. This is pretty much the only place that you can buy it. Um, there's only like a handful of people in North America that do it at all, and mm. most people don't sell it. So. Uh, this is a really special item. Um, I think this was probably uh, $16, maybe, yeah. like less than 20 bucks for a five fluid ounce, which doesn't seem like a lot, but it really does go a long way. Sure. Super flavorful. I mean, we I, we had, you know, a drop, a couple drops on our fingers. Just, exactly. Just now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm th- I'm just thinking like uh, culinarily. I like a lot of my favorite things to like dress with oil are like Brussels sprouts. So like freshly sautéed Brussels sprouts after they come out, hit them with some oil, throw some cranberries, some goat cheese, oh. walnuts. But I would I would say like get rid of the cranberries, substitute your apple cider vinegar. Oh, use the <laughs> use the hick use the hickory oil instead of the walnuts. Just like. Oh my gosh! It just sounds so good. I might yes. Like, I might go do that. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually have some cranberries left in the fridge. I didn't. I, I haven't used for yeah. the holiday. So um, that's a really really good idea. I just feel like the fruitiness of that oil would, or the vinegar would go really well with. No, you're right. These are a match made in heaven. I think because they're also um, seasonally active together. So yeah, plants that play well together also plate well together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cute. Like that was that. cute. I'm yeah. proud of that. <laughs> We're gonna copyright that. Nobody, yeah. Nobody I just came it. up with that on the spot. <laughs> um. So yeah, I guess. And then after that, let me talk about uh, the book where I sourced a lot of this information oh, for this episode yeah. from. And that's uh, another one of Sam Thayer's products. He is, uh, I think. Primarily um, known as an author, yeah. he has several books that you can buy and educate yourself with, um, full of full color photos and personal stories and experiences 
um, and he's a very personable writer. Um, the first paragraph in the Hickory chapter is talking about how he had an assignment from school to bring, next day, bring uh, ice cream toppings to share with the class. Mm -hmm. And so he found a pecan tree, and this is when he's like 10 years old or something like that. So this guy's just been living that life forever. Finds a pecan tree, shells all the, well, like, okay, that's, the story is that he actually procrastinated and wait till the night before, which is a very me thing to do as well, yeah, to process these nuts and then realized how hard it was. Because, um, yeah, it's not necessarily an easy process extracting the nut meats. Um, there is techniques and signs that you can use to make sure that you get the most complete nut meats possible. But obviously, him starting out as 10 years old, uh, didn't know those techniques yet. And then he said he's like three hours in and he has barely a cup, mm. a cup, measuring cups worth of nut meat. Brings those to class the next day in a Ziploc baggie. And he's like super proud. He's excited for everybody to be like, oh, you collected these? That's so cool. Oh my God, these are better than real pecans. And then everybody else shows up with like bottles of syrup and, uh, you know, like store toppings. And everybody thought his was weird because it was in a baggie. <laughs> and like one girl even said like, oh, I'm not eating something Sam touched. <laughs> you know, just like really personal. Like, I don't know, that connected with me. Oh, like, for sure. I felt like I was kind of that kid. I not necessarily as far as wild food goes, but I feel like we all have. I don't, you know, it's such a relatable story. Yeah. So, his book is full of anecdotes like that, as well as the ways he's personally used a lot of these foods. So it's really an amazing resource, and um, it's called Incredible Wild Edibles. So this is the last of his, the latest of his three publishings on wild edible identification. And so. if you aren't if you aren't familiar with Sam, if somehow you've avoided the like yeah. uh, pantheon of wild wild harvest uh, folk here in in Illinois uh, or in the United States, yeah, um, Sam is just such a personable guy, and he's so relatable the way he explains everything. Like, hey, nobody lives this foraging lifestyle 100% of the time. We're all just doing it when we can and trying to take advantage of the things that we can. Sam just happens to be in a situation where he's a little bit more fortunate and he's able to like do this, you know, like yeah. this is his thing. Uh, we, we would he's all... He's dedicated his life to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so like we'd all, we'd all love to be like a Sam Thayer or like a Daniel Vitalis, you know, like out there like living off the land mm -hmm. and like just being... Uh, them <laughs> yeah no no yeah exactly but but it's cool how they make it relatable like hey man just maybe do it in your free time or this well, is a cool hobby or it's little bits at a time you know mm -hmm. it's about uh building that relationship gradually you know mm -hmm. we're all you know born so far away from nature now and so it's yeah it is a step-by-step -step thing and i'm i'm glad someone like him does have the presence of mind to look back and say like no, I still eat quesadillas. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's just a Walmart cheese on a tortilla. Yeah. Okay, I sprinkled some watercress in there. Now it's on. Now I'm the, is that wild enough for you? <laughs> um, no, he's a really great sense. He's got a really great sense of humor. Incredible person to learn from. Um, and he's got a TikTok, too, which is uh, just, you know, watch out everybody else because he's about to take over the world. Um <laughs> Had, didn't have an internet connection or, or like hasn't had a Facebook this whole time or anything like that. And then decides to step into social media at the level of TikTok and is pulling it the F off. I'm so excited. Really I just found it. You just told me about this today. Yeah. I had no idea. I would just been going back and like searching Spotify for podcasts with him. Yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. He's a great speaker as well. Yeah. So excited. So, yeah, you can search his name in Spotify or his TikTok is Well Fed Wild. Mm -hmm. So 
really great tag, really great information. Um, honest TikTok as well, and his books are the uh, you know they are the um, golden standard as far as uh, most foragers are concerned, if you ask me. So check that shit out. Um, give us a review and rating on whatever uh, listening platform allows you to do so because it really helps. Jump on Instagram. Give us a share. Yeah, jump on share Instagram. Share our memes. memes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and if you ever have any questions, feel free to DM us or reach out. Um, we are working on getting more merch and figuring out how to do the store. And just like more things. And just know? more things. Yeah. yeah so we we're trying get to get you guys involved. We want to. Yeah. So, but if you are interested in merch, DM us. We'll try to get it to you. Um, we have stickers. Um, not very many T-shirts available. Yeah, those are a little scarce. But once we get the store going, we gotta but, get more T-shirts. Yeah. But we know you're interested. We guys are interested. So, thanks for letting us know. Continue letting us know because um, it'll help us actually freaking do it. <laughs> so, with that, uh, thanks for joining us again on the on the show where you can find the best food for free, and it'll always be low tide. Curbside or trailside. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy your nut meats. Yeah.